0: highways voices the podcast of highways news your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our
1: must-read daily newsletter on this week's highways voices we're talking smart streets to provide guidance to support local authorities in
2: implementing technology that supports traffic management and the operation of streets.
0: This isn't all about new services, it's not about nuclear-powered space office, it's not about
1: the future. In large part, it's about how we deal the jobs we do now better. The Connected Places Catapult and Transport Technology Forum are working together to deliver the manual for smart streets to help local authorities get the most out of new technology. Get connected with their thinking on today's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Daniel Hobbs from the Catapult and Darren Capes of the Department for Transport to Come. But first, here's Adrian Tatum with his take on the biggest stories we've run over the past few days on Highways News.
3: Liverpool John Moores University has been named as one of the five recipients of the WJ Group-sponsored Elkrig, Steve Berry Think Exceptional Innovation Fund that was set up last year. The fund was launched to help sponsor further developments in the road and highway sector. Products by Liverpool John Moores. Community Models, the Fitzpatrick Advisory Company, Connor Specialist Paving and Tap Grid, and NY Highways will each receive a cut of the £150,000 fund following an extensive judging process. Liverpool's John Moores University will be using the fund's to research how spray-applied asphalt preservation technology can extend the life of trench reinstatement. Specifically, the team will examine the efficacy of using an emulsion-based product personally developed as a preservation treatment overspray. This will be applied on both the insulation and the surrounding areas to seal cracks, microcracks and even connected voids for the pavement-long lasting reinstatement. Technology and air quality experts have teamed up to develop a new system that can provide the public with granular street-level air quality information. Members of the PASS consortium plan to pull together data from air quality centres, road traffic, weather, geographical and spatial information and apply artificial intelligence to deliver live and predictive data at a granular level. This information could then be made available by a mobile phone app and website to enable the public to plan their routes to avoid air pollution. And also this week, the number of cyclists has surpassed that of motorists on several A roads in the UK, according to the Department for Transport data 2020. In London, 87% of traffic on sections of its Lambeth Road consisted of cyclists, while in the city, Royal Street, has registered 81% of cycling traffic. According to the Sunday Times, other four locations across the capital reported peak cycling numbers between 55 and 63%.
1: Thanks, Adrian. That's only a snapshot of what we report on the site. Just as an example, in the week from the 10th to the 14th of January, we ran 49 different stories about highways and transport. We are the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. On top of all those stories from Adrian, I'll point to the corporate stories about Siemens selling its Unix Traffic division to Italian infrastructure company Atlantia for nigh on £900 million. Marsden Holdings is buying air quality sensor maker Vortex IoT. And driverless car innovator Wave is getting $200 million of investment to develop last mile delivery solutions. You can read about all of these and so many more stories on our website. Remember to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Details are in the blurb. And sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunch time highways voices with paul hutton and adrian tatum
3: swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer quicker more convenient and environmentally sound from software as a service traffic management solutions to parking vms ev charging and road marking too Find out how SWARCO can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. SWARCO, the better way, every day.
1: Back in 2007, a key document for local authorities, the Manual for Streets, was published, setting out the design manual for roads. Now the Department for Transport is supporting next-generation streets with the Manual for Smart Streets, helping authorities enhance their network with the application of technology. So let's find out more about it with two of the people behind it. Darren Capes is ITS policy lead at the DFT and we'll hear from him in a moment. But first, new mobility technology integration expert Daniel Hobbs, principal technologist at the CPC, takes up the story. The Manual for Smart Streets is intended to
2: provide guidance to support local authorities in implementing technology that supports traffic management and the operation of streets. So things like how traffic signals will develop to connect to vehicles into the future, how new sources of data can link into implementing other services in the local authority, like information for how people should move around, providing a wider control and management of the network to to the local authority.
1: And of course, we live and breathe technology and transport every day of the, or every working day of the week. When it comes to people in local authorities working within transport management, they have a day job and it's difficult to keep across the new technology and new ways of doing things. And even if they see new ways of doing things, they can't necessarily implement them because they don't necessarily have the the expertise or the budget. So is this kind of here to to help them along the road of of making sure they're using the latest technology in the best way possible? Absolutely. Help them understand the
2: equipment, the new technologies that are out there. Not be on the the bleeding edge, but have evidence that things have, have been implemented and there is evidence that they work so that you can be using new technology but not using things that aren't
1: proven. Now, I know I'm using examples from 20 years ago now when I first got into uh, transport, but I, my job used to be liaising with different urban traffic control centres and local authorities to get information out of the market using radio traffic news reports from my team. What I found was the vast difference in uh, the situation between authority and authority and how much they managed the traffic, what sort of technology they had. You know, some county councils didn't have any sort of traffic control at all. Is that still the case now that we've got a wide difference between authorities?
2: That is definitely still the case. There's there's lots of different challenges in, in different authorities around the levels of funding, the priorities that they have locally, the different local local politics and what that implication that has for, for the traffic control, as well as the differences in the road network. So obviously you're going to get different conditions in Birmingham than
1: you're going to get in Milton Keynes, than you're going to get in York, just because of the nature of the network. Let's bring in Darren Cape's ITS Policy Lead at the Department for Transport. Darren, you're funding this piece of work with the Connected Places Catapult. How much of an issue is it for the DFT that there is that, difference between authorities that Daniel was talking about.
0: It's a huge issue. And I think you know, Daniel's quite right that, that, that there are very good reasons for that. You know, different authorities have different political priorities. They, they, they look after different networks. They have different levels of resource. We would always see that. It's a great difficulty, but it, but it's that, that is exacerbated by the fact that we need to meet some fairly major challenges over the next few years around preparing for connected vehicles around, around decarbonisation, around around access to transport and, e- and micromobility and a whole range of other things that, that, that mean not only are we asking local authorities to continue to be good at the job they do and provide best value and good quality services, we're asking them to address a whole range of new policy challenges that will, will require new technologies, new ways of working, new types of intervention. So it's not just around supporting that wide range of, of resource and, and capability that we see in local authorities, it's about ensuring that everybody is also starting to think about the fact the coming 10 years will change in a way that the previous 10 years haven't and I think people need to appreciate that need to be skilled up ready to react to that
1: I guess you're in a good place to actually be involved in this given that your job before you moved to the DFT was actually heading up the transport team at uh, the city of York so you can kind of see it from the local authorities point of view as well I think that does give me a slightly unique position in, in in having
0: sat on both sides of the fence and really understanding that the issues, understanding that. For many authorities for most authorities transport isn't actually a, a crucial issue a crucial issues is are education and adult social care social services that these are the, these are the really important issues if transport is going to get any kind of funding if it's going to get any kind of recognition at a local level and any kind of support from local councillors it has to be able to tell that story of why technology is important to make cities and counties and, and regions better and so we have to equip people to be able to do that and it's not just about talking about new technology It's about, and this is where where the Manual for Smart Streets is very important, because it's about linking that technology to the benefits to society that it can have, because that's the way that, that in cities like York, where I used to work and where I had these arguments regularly, that's how transport will get its part of the pie, alongside all the other incredibly important things that the city council has to think about.
1: Beautiful thing about uh, technology is that it delivers quicker, cheaper and more efficiently than the the infrastructure changes that can take so long. So, Daniel, as you are writing the Manual for Smart Streets, go into a bit more detail about the difference between the infrastructure side of things and the in-car side of things. And tell me what sort of things are going to be in there. There is an initial
2: beta version that is published at the moment on the TTF website we're in the process of of developing what the more polished version of that web page will look like which will have a service delivery cycle that will take you through the different steps from coming up with the concept of there's an opportunity for some technology how you work, work through the different stages of understanding the business case understanding the the structure building the specification through to implementation and operation and as a link to that there's a going to be something like 10 or 11 different technology areas that are going to be represented in use cases, giving detail of the the different areas of technology, such as electric vehicle charging, parking, traffic control. And those will, in time, link into the forums that are within the Transport Technology Forum to allow those to be kept up to date. A lot of it comes back to thinking of the whole operation as a system. There's connectivity between different aspects of of the technology. Data can get used from different sources into different systems so that the connection between different components, between the different parts of the operation is a critical part of the process.
1: You've obviously been talking to local authorities in your work doing this. What's their reaction been?
2: My whole working life really has been supporting
1: local authorities in, in delivering
2: technology into this field. So I started off working with the traffic control system suppliers, implementing traffic control systems, and then went into consultancy helping different authorities implement their systems. And the whole space of understanding how the technology is moving has always been an issue and how you implement it as a, an operational change as well as a, a technology change has always been a, an issue. To support the development of the, the manual, we've been doing some focus groups and there's a questionnaire that's that's up on the website at the moment. We're getting very positive feedback from what's coming back through that approach at the moment. Everyone is looking forward to seeing the full set of data out there. So we're all looking forward to, to, to getting it all together and, and published.
1: Aaron, there's also a publication on the gov.uk website called the Manual for Streets that's come out of the Department for Transport. Um, How does the Manual for Smart Streets fit into that?
0: Yes, you're right. The Manual for Streets has been around for a long while now, and, and, and colleagues who work in local authorities who, who deal with actual civil engineering engineering and design of, of streetscapes. It's that's been a crucial resource for them for a number of years. And but in some ways, in developing the manual for smart streets, we've been, been looking across slightly avariciously at that and thinking that's exactly what we need for, for technology. We need a guide which is the go-to place for people across the country in this sector to look at. And the Manual for Streets, really, it came out as a government publication. It's been around for over 10 years now. We're currently working with the Chartered Institute of Highways and Transport to produce an updated version of it. But what it really does is it brings together everything you need to, to know and think about and understand to start to design urban streetscapes. So to think about everything such as road design, placement of street furniture, how you build a good quality urban street and it doesn't contain an awful lot of detailed guidance it it signposts you to where the guidance is it doesn't contain detailed specifications for how to set out uh, a curb or to construct a a concrete bollard or whatever but it tells you where to go to find that and it tells you how to bring all those different elements together to create a good quality street and and thinking about the, the, the manual for smart streets this is trying to do the same thing for for the digital street it's about saying if you're in a local authority if you're thinking about implementing digital services if you're thinking about how you move forward thinking about meeting some of these wider aims that you will have in your city the manual for smart streets will guide you through the whole range of processes that you need to deliver those services and those use cases, and it will tell you the things you need to know. And it won't necessarily include all the detailed guidance, but it will signpost you to where you can find that. And it will give you confidence. And certainly, as Daniel said, the website is, is set out to be that, that resource. If you follow the work streams on the website, you, you, you are very likely to deliver a good quality outcome. And the, the two sit together. And ultimately, I think they will be combined in documents. There will be a set of guidance that tells you how to physically design urban infrastructure. There will be a set of guidance that just tells you how to design digital urban infrastructure. They will sit together. And that's really where we want to get to with this.
1: I remember chatting a few years ago to the then president of ADEPT, who was kind of bemoaning is probably the best word. The fact that it's not national highways, it's not local authorities that actually build the majority of roads in this country. It's actually house builders. And he was bemoaning the fact that when you get onto the housing estates, any idea of technology or any sort of traffic management protocols at all disappear is there a way to actually engage with those sorts of construction companies to get them involved in actually putting technology in well well, yes and and i would push
0: back slightly against that point i I would i would definitely accept the the fact that most roads in the uk at the moment are built by private developers but if you drive around private estates you you will realize they all look pretty much the same and they all function to pretty much the same standard and that's because they are built to standards that are applied by the local authorities they're built to standards that, that, that have been around for numerous years now uh, in design bulletin 32 in the manual for streets in the way that local authorities write their own estate road guidance local authorities apply an awful lot of design practice to the way that roads are built and, and they ultimately adopt them and they do that on the basis that they are built to their standards. Firstly, digital services will happen on a wider scale. So, so somebody building 30 houses on the edge of a town won't build a digital service. They will maybe contribute to a wider service, but services will happen across the authority. So, so there will be a more coalescent, more local authority-wide focus led by the local authority. But where people do provide input into services where people do provide technology solutions as part of a development using things like the manual for smart streets in the same way that manual for streets is used we need to ensure the mechanisms are there to to, to show that the things they're built are built to common standards and ultimately i don't think it really matters who provides a service i think what's important is that they provide the right service that they interlink that data can be shared that, that to the public it looks like a single service that's been been used not a patchwork of different things and that really is where the local authority uh, should be. That's the thing it should be doing. And the type of guidance that we're talking about today is about ensuring that they have the tools to be able to do that.
2: So to pick up on, on that, Darren, the approach of the, the guidance we're put, putting together should be such that it is useful to the, those who understand the technology and have got the view of what the technology can actually do, but also to the people that are planning it and managing the planning process so that they can encourage the the developers to access the guidance and build the systems in right from the start. But also, the way the technology is moving, it's moving away from things that are embedded in the street towards using data from things that people are carrying. The, the mobile phone revolution is, is continuing. The iPhone is now 15 years old. I think 95% of the population have got a smartphone. Most cars are increasingly connected. New cars have mobile phone connections built in already. Those are sharing data which provide the connectivity for those uninstrumented parts of the network and allow it to be looked
1: at as a complete network. Darren, you mentioned about the priorities of local authorities being education, adult social care and transport comes down the list. Therefore, budget wise, that's similar. How are they going to pay for this? Local authorities as already
0: spend a lot of money on transport. And they spend money on providing transport, on maintenance, on on a whole range of things. One of the things we should be looking at with technology is that it allows us to do the things we do now more cheaply and better. So actually, this isn't all about new services, it's not about nuclear-powered space hoppers, it's not about the future, it's about, in large part, it's about how we do the jobs we do now better. So actually, a lot of this should be about saying to authorities, if you adopt the right technology, if you work, uh, follow the the principles of the manual for smart streets, if if you think about the future, you can provide the things you do now more efficiently. And not only that, the things that you do in 10 years' time will be different. You will be spending your funding in different ways, you will be maintaining and providing different things, because vehicles are changing the way people travel is changing the pandemic has shown us that the whole the whole nature and shape of traffic is changing so in 10 years time local authority you will be spending your transport budget in different areas now is a good time to start to think about what that looks like and and yes there will be new money government will 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 provide grant funding there will be initiatives coming and, and i'm sure I have no real insight into what they will be, but I can guarantee that, that as, as new areas come forward, there will be funding to think about EV charging, to think about mobility as a service. The local authorities will be able to access specific funding and the ones that are successful in accessing that funding will be the ones that, that are able to put coherent, cogent plans together for how they will spend that money. So yes, you'll, it's about doing services better. And yes, it's about accessing funding when it becomes available to address these new these new issues.
1: Daniel, I mentioned earlier about how different local authorities are very, very different in how they manage their traffic, how much technology they have and so forth. And uh, there might be a fear among some local authorities that those that are further down the line in terms of delivering connected services might suddenly see the manual for smart streets suggesting that they do other things from what they've actually done, and they're almost negatively impacted by the development of guidance. How can you kind of allay those fears? I don't think that should be the case because
2: of the the, the structured approach that we've taken. The use cases provide a, a journey through the technology, which should work for every, anyone approaching it from whatever state they currently have. One of the stages in the service life cycles is always going to be, "What have I got, and, and how do I connect any new systems to that?" We also are designing the system so that people can share their case studies. Learnings that that people have got from what they've implemented can be pushed back into the system and demonstrate
1: how can actually be put in place effectively and, and cost effectively i really like that idea that it's not just a here we are we are connected places catapult for the dft telling you what you have to do it's about here we are sharing the best ideas and local authorities all get involved with us so here's the really important question how do local authorities get involved and and really take part in this
2: yeah, absolutely. The intent is that this—that what we're, the work we're doing is providing the framework that can continue to be supported and used by the people who are at the actual practitioners as we go into the future. On the ETA website at the moment, there's a link where you can share your thoughts on what we've already published. So we'd definitely welcome those. As we go forward, there will be a structure where you can get engaged, you can share your case studies, You can link into the forums on the TTF to support the development of the material into the future.
1: Daniel Hobbs of the Connected Places Catapult, along with Darren Capes of the DFT. They're this week's Highways Voices, and you can find out more and contribute at the Transport Technology Forum website, ttf.uk.net. Then search Manual for Smart Streets. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. This is Highways Voices, and before we go, we've still got time for... Adrian's Accolade. Adrian, who wins this week?
3: And my accolade this week goes to Eloy. It's the connected vehicle solution startup it has launched an industry survey to help it understand which services it should develop as a priority in the future. The company is a finalist in the Reese Jefferies Road Fund 150-year competition with well, the proposal to build a connected vehicle software platform that will enable various levels of government and organisations to develop their own connected vehicle solutions at a lower cost. This is aided by the existing Eloy app, which is sat-nav, voice-controlled, in-vehicle messaging, and more. It's seeking the industry feedback to help it prioritise what services and tools it should develop. And it's that proactive approach to business development, that's the reason why Eloy is a worthy winner of this week's accolade.
1: Great innovation from great innovators. Eloy, winners of Adrian's accolade. And deservedly so. And that'll do it for our programme this week. Thanks, as always, for listening, and join us again for more Transport Chat next week highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry